When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's now time to turn back the clock and catch up with some old friends of A's past, exclusively on A's Cast. This is Where Are They Now? Vince Catronio sits down with alumni of the Oakland Athletics to reminisce and discuss current adventures. Here's Vince Catronio. Now the 2-2 swung on him has tied him up with a fastball on the inside corner. Tim Hudson has electric stuff tonight. That's his fourth strikeout and third in a row. Well, he's just tying up the uh, right-handed hitters with that running inside sinker, just exploding over the inside corner. It is a special edition of Where Are They Now? Right-hand pitcher Tim Hudson, who starred for the A's for so many years and was in the postseason, won 92 games in six years with the Athletics, now coaching the pitchers at Auburn University, who got to the Super Regional in 2022, and he joins us from home in, in Auburn, Alabama, Howdy, tell me, what was the experience like as a coach this year with the Auburn Tigers and, and having the fun that your, that your young staff had? You know what? It was it was incredibly rewarding for us. And, and um, you know, just seeing our young guys go out there and grow grow as much as they did in the last couple of years and, and just, um, you know, they were really determined. And it was a lot of fun to, to, to see them have some success. You know, the year before, we just, you know, we had a really tough year the year before. And, uh a lot of young guys that we probably asked a little bit too much of uh, the year before, and, and this year it seemed to come together. And um, I, I'm just so proud of them, um, you know. And, and this it's great to see some some success, you know, with a lot of kids that you put a lot of work in with, and and uh, you know, just see that that joy and that satisfaction on their faces, man, for you know having accomplished something pretty cool. Tim, you you did quite a bit on the major league level going to the world series a lot of playoff games of course with the a's and other organizations uh, you could just sit at home with your wife kim and run the foundation which i know is so important to your family what got you in, into this side of of the game to want to i know it's one thing to coach but when you're a, a regular coach on an everyday basis you've got to do all the things about what it's like to help you know your pitchers get better why, why is this something that was important to you well, you know, along, you know, I had so many, you know, coaches and pitching coaches pour into my career uh, over over the course of you know seventeen, eighteen, nineteen years, and um, you know, I just felt like it was something that was that it felt right uh, at the time. You know, I was going back to get my degree at Auburn, and um, you know, it seems like things just kind of fell into place. The pitching coach that was at Auburn at the time had the opportunity to go uh, become a head coach uh, somewhere. So that position came open, and uh, Coach Thompson reached out to me. I've been living here in Auburn since you know since I got traded to Atlanta, and uh, you know it was one of those things where things just seemed to line up and felt right. Um, and I always wondered if I'd ever have a chance to do something at that level, and and it was a little sooner than I than I probably was anticipating, uh, you know. But, but at the same time, I, I just felt like the timing was right, and and. Um, you know the opportunity was there, and didn't feel like, feel like I didn't want to pass it up. Have a chance to go out there and just really, almost come full circle. You know, just try to pour into some of these boys and some of these kids that 
that uh, you know I feel like have a, have a good chance to get to the next level. And um, just because I had so many guys do it to me along the way, and I just felt like it was right to do it. Tim Hudson joining us in our Where Are They Now episode. We know Mark Hotte very well. He's the A's current manager, and he was as prolific a college player as there was at Fullerton. You know, you weren't too bad either in your two years at Auburn. And I just wondered, that great last season with Auburn, when you were eventually a sixth-round pick of the A's, with all the RBIs and all the home runs and the success on the mound, what what were you thinking back then about what the path was going to be for Tim Hudson moving forward, what you wanted to do? I'm sure Kotze wishes he pitched maybe once or twice in the big leagues, never got a chance, but he made the right choice. Clearly you did as well, but looking back on it, what were those decisions like back in 1997? Well, it, it was easy for me, and, and I think it was probably pretty easy for some of the scouts who saw me play just because – you know, we used wood bats in the fall at Auburn, and it didn't take but a, maybe a, about two or three at bats to watch me swing a wood bat back then to know that I was going to be a pitcher only. <laughs> uh, you know, it was uh, you know I was I was a 160 pound cleanup hitter. You know, in, in college, you know, I was able to use the minus five uh, Louisville uh, aluminum bats back then. You know, it was uh, I wasn't your typical cleanup hitter, and. Um, you know, you could tell whenever I put a wood bat in my hands back then when I weighed a, a buck sixty, soaking wet. So yeah. it was it was one of those things where, man, it's a lot easier to get to to get out than it is to to hit homers and to hit doubles, especially as you get into pro ball and you get through the you know through the minor leagues and you start seeing some of these big arms and you see how hard it is to hit. Uh, it's like, all right, give me the ball. I'm gonna throw this sinker in here and see see if I can't miss a barrel. It's a lot easier to throw it than it is to hit it. Huddy, did it feel like you were on a fast track? You're you're drafted in '97. You're in the big leagues in June of '99 against San Diego. Did did that part of your career fly back, fly by, maybe faster than you thought? Yeah, you know what? It was I, I was drafted into an, a, a really really good situation. Um, you know, at the time Oakland was, you know, it was in a little bit of a rebuilding phase, and and uh, you know that year in our draft, you know, we, I think we drafted something like eight or nine of our first 12 or 13 picks were pitchers, college pitchers. So, you know, I don't think it was any secret um, to know what the organization was trying to do at that time. You know, we're trying to build some, you know, get some guys in the organization that can maybe move up and uh, move up fairly quickly. And, you know, Billy, you know, I remember there was a meeting that we had uh, with, with our minor league coordinator and, and, and some of our and Billy and, and some of these guys, they said, you know, it, it didn't really matter what we were, you know, where we were drafted, how much money we were invested in us, you know, so you, you show us that you can pitch and, and you can get out, so we're gonna move you up. And uh, you know, that's all I needed to hear. Um, you know, I was a six round pick, didn't have any money invested in me. You know, there was a lot of guys, a lot of pitchers drafted ahead of me in our draft, and uh, you know, I just knew that that was all that, you know, it was only the only thing I needed to hear, and. Uh, you just let my let the results in the minor leagues kind of speak for itself and, and, and go and you know to his word you know they were they were all true to their word and you know I was called up about a you know season and a half later to the big leagues um, you know but I had to hit every I had to hit every level you know I hit every one of our A ball levels I hit you know double A I started I ended my first season in double A started the next year in double A and uh, went on to triple A in the big leagues in that year so it was you know it was a, a fairly quick ride um you know but at the same time i mean i came out of auburn as a senior you know i was i wasn't exactly you know a young you know young kid you know at the time i was i was a little bit older than most 
and um, you know, I was able to, to take that opportunity and run with it and, and take advantage of, of you know all the all the chances that I had. And here's Tim Hudson's first major league pitch. Strike one is called a fastball. Hudson said that his fastball generally is around 91. He can top it out maybe at 93 or 94. That was exactly 91. What are your memories of June 8, 1999 against the Padres? <laughs> you know what? Um, it, it was kind of crazy because, you know, when I, I was actually in Las Vegas when they told me I got called up. And, and Las Vegas was actually the AAA team for the Padres. And, you know, at the time, uh, I got called up. I think they had called up like two or three of their guys from AAA as well, from the Padres AAA team. So whenever <laughs> – Whenever I got called up, I think I was pitching against one or two of those guys in the lineup, uh, making their big league debut at the same time. So that was pretty neat, just because they had so many injuries. You know, Tony Gwynn wasn't in the lineup, and they had some guys that were that were kind of hurt. So, and that was the one thing that I remember was like, man, I'm kind of feeling like I'm pitching against the Las Vegas. I can't I can't remember what they were called at the time, but um, but you know, it's funny. One of the uh, you know, I, I do remember getting my first base hit off of uh, one of their left-handed pitchers. Uh, their starter, gosh, what was his name? I think it was Heath Heath Miller. I think was his name. And um, you know, I just remember every time I, I was out there, I think I had struck out a bunch of guys, but I walked a bunch of guys. I had I had a lot of guys on base the whole game. I gave up some runs, so it was either uh, I felt like every every inning I was in a jam, had, having to strike out guys. It seemed like. Tim Hudson's Major League debut saw him pitch five innings, 96 pitches, seven hits, three runs earned, four walks, and a an astounding 11 strikeouts. Huddy, there are, when you look at different teams or different times in a franchise's history, uh, and they can pull, pull out uh, a certain segment of that team, whether it's offensively or pitching or defense, whatever the case might be, it's a pretty special thing to be to be in that scenario and have a nickname like you and Barry and Mark did Barry Zito, Mark, Mark Mulder, you know, as the big three, you make your debut in 99. They both make their debuts in the summer of 2000. And it was a great collection, certainly of, of pitching greatness that ace fans had a chance to, to enjoy for a long period of time. Uh, I know you're asking this a lot. I just wonder just your memories about being together, how different you guys were and yet how close you were and how you made each other better. Yeah, you know it was a special time for for me. Um, just looking back on it, it, it was you know we were all young, we were all in our prime, uh, even though we probably didn't really realize it. Um, and the players around us were, were really young, and and you know you had Ramon Hernandez who we played with in the minor leagues. You had Eric Chavez, Eric, you know Miguel Tejada. Um, you know we we were just a really young group of guys that was kind of making our big league debut around the same time. And it was a cool and exciting moment for us um, and the organization. And, uh, you know, very rarely, I think, that do organizations, you know, hit three drafts in a row with, with starting pitchers and, and to have them come up through the system as quick as we did and to be able to make an impact around the same time as, as we, as, uh, as the three of us did. And I think that was pretty unique. And, uh, you know, and at the same time, when we were all three so different. You know, I was a small right-handed sinker ball guy. You know, Mulder was a big, tall, lefty sinker, slider, split-finger guy. And Zito was a big, you know, lefty with a big overhand curveball. So, 
we were all three really different types of pitchers. Our personalities couldn't have been any different. Um, you know, we were all three so different from a personality standpoint. But because of that, I think it, it made us all, you know, really close. You know, we were all different. We never, we never kind of, um, you know, we never got lost with each other. You know, it was like, yeah, there's Huddy, you know, Southern boy from Alabama and Zito, a Southern cowboy from, you know, from the West Coast and Mulder, a, you know, Midwestern, typical, you know, Midwestern, good looking, tall, good looking guy that all the girls like, you know. So it was, it was one of those things where uh, we were all different and, and, and um, and we were all pretty good, man. It, it, you know, there was a span where we were, you know, I know me growing up in Atlanta, I mean, growing up close to Atlanta and being a Braves fan, you know, I, I knew how good those teams were with Maddox and Glavin and Smoltz, and there was always comparisons thrown at us um, throughout those few years uh, in Oakland. And I was like, golly, man, these guys, man, they, they were really, I knew how good they were. And, and to be able to, be talked about in that same kind of breath I was like golly man this this is kind of surreal to me um you know but there was a time where we were you know we were three three guys and teams didn't they didn't like us coming in town you know they didn't like us coming in town especially if you hit all three of us in a three-game series it was going to be pretty tough for you I was on the other side of the glass at that time, honey. I was working for the Rangers, so I, I know that crystal clear. I, mean, I, would, I would watch that, even with the offenses that the Rangers had for years. When you guys came calling, it was always going to be a challenge. And I was on the other side of the gla- glass when you won number 20 in, at the end of 2000 when you guys finally got to the postseason and, you know, remembering the iconic Bill King call, strike three called on Frank Calinato, the A's win the West, and it began this great run. That moment, that all the hard work and all the sweat and tears and traveling and trying to get to that first step and it finally happened on that day at the Coliseum. Uh, how great are those memories? What comes to mind? Not a soul on his or her posterior right now. Everybody's standing. Izzy has the sign. He's ready. One and two. Strike three called. The A's win the last. And here they come, pouring onto the field in the center of the diamond. Forget St. Petersburg and Tampa Bay. Look to next Tuesday here at the Met. The celebration is on. Gosh, you know what? That was, you know, that year in 2000 when we clinched that playoff first, I mean, I mean, for the longest time, I mean, Oakland was a little bit of a, you know, they were cellar dwellers, you know, it was a little bit of a laughing stock in the, in the AL and, um, you know, it was just, uh, you know, it, it just felt like there was a huge sense of accomplishment for us as a team. Um, you know, Billy made a couple pretty good trades that year. Um, you know, I think to bring in, you know, Jason Isringhausen to, to close games and, um, you know, it was just one of those things where I was like, man, I couldn't, you know, we couldn't believe that it was actually happening, you know, that we were actually having the success um, from, you know, and, and pretty quickly, you know. And in 99, when I got called up, there was glimpses of, 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 of some success. But then once we, in 2000, once, you know, we got Zito up, Mulder, you know, got called up, Ramon Hernandez came up, um, you know, we just kept bringing up some of these young, this young talent. It seems like things were really clicking. You know, you already had Giambi in place. Um, you know, you you had uh, 
Randy Velarde at second base that was a veteran presence and um, you know it was just one of those things where man it, it seems like this is happening and uh, sure enough you know for the next few years it was like all right we're just going to ride this wave and see if we can't win a championship and um, you know it was just unbelievable yeah it was my first taste of, of celebrating in a locker room with champagne and and all that kind of all that kind of cool stuff so all that was new to me in 2000 um you know but it was it was unbelievable i was like man i can get used to this you know and and we did you know we won we won some games and we made the playoffs for a, a while right there but just never could get past that that first round while we were there I, I felt like a lot of times we we had one of the better teams in the american league i really did um and maybe because we were so young maybe we didn't quite realize how good we were uh you know but looking back on it now i'm like golly man you look at the rosters like how in the world did we not win a championship with some of those teams but um you know come playoff time not a lot of times the best teams don't win it's the hottest teams that are playing the best baseball wins and i'm not saying that was the case but that is the case a lot of times tim hudson joining us in our where are they now episode and how do you know the history of the Oakland franchise? It's built on strong pitching. You can go back to the Catfish and Vida days and how they battled the, you know, the Jim Palmers, the Dave McNallys of the Orioles or the Mickey Lolich's of the Tigers. And then moving on where, you know, Dave Stewart kind of wandered through the baseball desert, came to the A's. Tony La Russa starts them on a Monday night against Roger Clemens. And that began a great string of, of two having success against the Rocket. Uh, you had an opportunity to pitch against some really – Outstanding Hall of Fame pitchers yourself, Randy Johnson, Mike Cena, Pedro Martinez. What comes to mind about some of those great battles, and how much fun was that to to compete in that manner against you know mano a mano, if you will, on the mound? Well, I mean, you know, to be the best, you got to be the best, and you know, it's one of those things where you, you know, especially as a young player, you know, you want to see where you measure up against the best in the game, the best in the world, for that matter, and. uh you know, there was times my you know early on in my career where you know I had to go to you know Arizona and pitch against Randy Johnson. I had to go to you know to Boston and pitch against Pedro and um, you know and, and it's just one of those things where it's just like man you know here here it is you know here, here's the test you know what, what's going to happen and um, you know it was always exciting. I always felt like you know the moment was never um, was never too big for me and, and us as a team. Uh, you know, I felt like it was, if anything, it was, you know, we kind of looked at it like, you know, this is an opportunity to show everybody, you know, what we are. And, uh, you know, it was just, it was exciting. It really was exciting. You know, I remember one time there was, I think I was pitching against Pedro early in my career and we were leaving the, the bullpen and, um, Rick Peterson, our pitching coach at the time, you know, he, he can get a little cheesy and once in a while and he, uh, we was walking out there, and this was back when Pedro. I mean, it was like a, you know, it was a festivity when it was when he was on the mound. I mean, it was places going crazy. You know, there's Dominican flags flying everywhere, and people were just having a huge party. And there I was walking out of the bullpen, and you know, you probably couldn't, you know, uh, I mean, I, I was I was as was, was nervous as a you know a young pitcher could be probably. And I remember Rick Peterson looked at me and said, "Hey, you know." It's okay to be nervous and, and to have butterflies, you know, as long as they're all flying in formation towards the catcher's mitt. <laughs> and I was like, golly, what a dork, <laughs> you know. But it was it was one of those things where, you know, it, it cut the you know it cut the tension a little bit and kind of made me chuckle. 
and uh, you know, I think that was I think that might have been the only time I ever won at Fenway Park was that was that night. How do you know this year's the twentieth anniversary of the twenty game win streak, which you were a part of? I mean, every start you made during that stretch, the A's won the game, whether you did or not. And I know number twenty didn't go the way you wanted to for you personally, but I mean, you're a team guy, and you know, ultimately, that's what you were trying to do was uh, get that record, and you were a part of it. Uh, just take me through that fun ride of of uh, twenty of the the best games in Oakland history. Randy Velarde at second, Ray Durham at first, one out in the bottom of the ninth. And Gardado deals. And it's a drive to left field deep. Jones going back. Looking up. It is gone. It's gone. Tahana wins it. Do you believe it? 18 wins in a row. Well, you know, it was kind of, I think we started that, you know that that streak on at home. You know, winning winning a few games at home, and then went on the road and won a road. You know, a whole road road series. And I just remember heading back to to Oakland and thinking, man, you know, we've won, you know, twelve, thirteen, you know, nine, twelve in a row. You know, we're starting to get some some traction. You know, on the on the you know in the national media, which was always kind of tough for us being on the West Coast and being you know being in Oakland seemed like the smaller market. Out on the West Coast, just didn't get the, you know, didn't get the the airtime, you know, back east. And uh, you know, it was one time where we got home, and it was, it was, it was, man, there was national media all crawling all in our locker room, and it was new to us, and it was kind of exciting. And uh, God, it was like, man, this is getting real, you know. It was like, this is this is starting to get real. And uh, I just remember, you know, after every time you'd win, you'd pitch and win. It was like such a just the the world off your shoulders you know and it's like okay who's the next guy all right zito now it's your turn you know then after he does it's like all right Mulder, now it's your turn you know and just keep going over and over then as it starts creeping back to get to your time again it's like oh god i gotta go again and this and and with each rotation each turn in the rotation it gets even more pressure and more pressure on you as a starting pitcher because you know you can't win the game uh, in the first couple of innings, but damn, you can lose it in the first couple of innings, <laughs> you know. So as a starting pitcher, it's it's a little, you know, it's a little more stressful, out, you know, out there and getting the, you know, setting the tone and getting the the, you know, getting the tempo going in the right direction as a starting pitcher. It's it's big, you know, for for winning the ball games and, um, you know, I know that game, that twentieth game, it was, you know, not only was that you know, for for the record and, 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 you know, 20 in a row, but, you know, pitching against Kansas City, I mean, they were pretty much my nemesis. I mean, they tore my tail up every time I pitched against them, um, you know, and, and it was I knew it was going to be t- a tough game because they had a good offense. They could hit, you know, they just couldn't pitch very well. And, um, you know, luckily was able to go out there and tack up some runs early and get a nice, nice lead. And, you know, even though – we had a big lead. I was like, man, you know what? These guys can put a crooked number on you pretty quick, especially me in particular. It seemed like whatever it is I was doing, they they had a, you know, they had a solution for it. And, um, you know, sure enough, you know, I came, you know, ended up getting in some jams and pitching in and out of some stuff and then ended up, you know, having to hand it over to the bullpen about the fifth or sixth inning. I still had a nice lead, but, you know, true to form, I mean, they, you know, with their offense, they kept, adding and, and kept fighting and kept scrapping next thing you know they're you know tie ball game late in the game and 
you know, it was just, it was exciting. It, it was an exciting time. It was an exciting um, game, obviously. But, you know, the one thing a lot of people don't understand is, you know, the couple of games leading up to that 20th game was just as exciting. I mean, they were, you know, there was a couple of walk-offs leading up to that game that that was every bit as, as exciting for us. Um, you know, I think what made that 20th game so dramatic was the fact that we had such a big lead that we, was able, that we squandered. And uh, I think that's what made that one so exciting. But um, yeah, it was those Kansas City teams back in in those in, during that time. I mean, they they had my number for sure. Patty, you spent six years with the A's. You know, you won ninety two games there. You won two hundred and twenty two games in the big league, and the majority of those were with Atlanta. We spent nine years, had some great times, got to the postseason with them, fought through some injuries. You were traded by the A's. To Atlanta, which, as you mentioned earlier, was your team growing up, you know, in the South. What were your emotions back then about that move? And if you were going to be traded, instead of being traded to Baltimore or Pittsburgh or, you know, pick a spot, Colorado, that it was home. And how do you look back on those uh, those great years with Atlanta? Well, you know, Billy could have traded me anywhere, like you said. I mean, it was, you know, I felt like Billy, he and I had a good relationship and, and uh, you know, business business is business. You know, and, and and there was we knew there was a pretty good chance I'd probably get traded that off season. And you know, in fact, we Kim and I we had decided to move to Auburn um, even before I got traded to Atlanta. In fact, where we live right now, um, we were actually I was standing on the lot looking at the lot, uh, the property to buy. Whenever Billy called me to tell me that I was traded to Atlanta. And, uh, you know, it was one of those things where it was bittersweet for sure. You know, I was sad knowing that, you know, I was leaving my teammates and, and, um, you know, an organization that gave me an opportunity to, to establish my career. And, and, uh, you know, it was just one of those things where, you know, if it was anywhere but Atlanta, it would have been pretty devastating. Um, you know, but because it was it was a situation that was going to be as easy and as good for me uh, personally with, with my family, you know, it made it easier to swallow. But um, you know, even though it was, you know, I spent most of my career in Atlanta, um, you know, and I had a lot of success there and playing for you know an unbelievable manager and, and had unbelievable teammates in Atlanta. You know, my time in Oakland was was just as special for me, just because. Um, yeah, it was such a different chapter of my life. You know, it was, you know, young, um, establishing my career. Um, we were all so unique as, as teammates. You know, a lot of guys were, were just, um, you know, having that taste of, of, of success in the big league, in the big leagues and, and really establishing their careers all at the same time. So it was a, a very unique situation where, um, you know, we were all just really excited and, 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 and very, um, everything was very emotional. It seemed like back then, uh, the highs and the lows were, 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 were high, were very high and very low. And, and, um, you know, so because of that, it was really special for me. Uh, you know, then my time in Atlanta, I mean, it was a different chapter in my life. You know, it was, I was, I was starting to have kids. I was, uh, a little bit older. Uh, was becoming that veteran in the locker room, and uh, it was it was it was very different. You know, every every stop pretty much that I had in my career, whether it was Oakland, Atlanta, or San Francisco, it was three very different uh, chapters in my career. 
and it was almost like it, it, it was it happened immediately uh, as I changed cities. You, you touched on the Giants, and it pains me to talk about Tim Hudson and the black and orange, but you know that, that that's the way it goes. <laughs> you know, you you had a chance to to experience the World Series. You started two games against the Royals in fourteen. Uh, your team won the World Series uh, for a guy that accomplished a lot individually and never really got a chance to to be the last team standing. That that's with all the time that you've spent on the field. Uh, was it everything you hoped it was going to be when when that final out was recorded? You know what? It really was. Um, you know, even though it was across the bay, um, you know, on the other side of the bay. I mean, it was it was awesome for me to be back in the Bay Area to, to end my career. It was one of those things where, um, you know, you finish where you started, and, and uh, even though it was, you know, in that wrong the, the other the, the other uniform, um, you know, I'm just so thrilled that the Giants gave me a chance to come back. Um, and have a chance to win a championship. Uh, you know, that's why you play the game. And when you're when you're young and you and you play in the game, you know, you think you're gonna have a lot of chances to win a championship. Um, you know, next thing you know, you blink and you're you know you've played 15 years and you've never been past the first round of the playoffs. And that, and that was the seat that I was sitting in. You know, there was a time you know in 14 where you know we wasn't very good. You know, we were one of the worst teams in baseball early on, and uh, was able to make some moves and do some things to. To start getting some momentum and getting hot, and was able to squeak into the playoffs. It was a great experience. You know, I had a chance to create some relationships there that was, you know, to this day are, are some of my favorite in baseball. You know, to be able to, to win that championship is something that you know every everybody plays for. Uh, you know, especially, you know, I think the older you get, you know, the more the you know there's just you know there's that gratitude there to, you know, with, with every little bit of success that you get, and, and you just. You know, you 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 thank the organizations and you thank your teammates for for helping you. You know, ha- have have that chance to to taste that. And uh, you know, it was it was special. It really was. You know, you know, I always said when you had that had that big left hander Madison Bumgarner that you could sit up there on the mound and and uh, help you help you win some ball games too. Though that helps out a ton. Honey, here's my last question because it 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 really does put a an exclamation point on uh, your career. I know it wasn't your last game, but it was for Barry Zito. It was at the Coliseum. It was the A's of the Giants, and you two faced each other, you know, at a much different time in both of your careers. Barry had kind of gone away that he, he he wanted to come back, and he pitched the AAA. He was having fun. He was bringing his guitar and writing songs. Then he, you know, got back to the big leagues. And I, I just wonder, leading up to that day, and Mark came in for the, for the game as well, just – what was the conversations like? It's almost like, yeah, it's a game and it means something and it counts in the standings, but man, this is so much fun that we get a chance to do this together. Uh, let's make <laughs> most of this. What, what, what was that day like at the Coliseum for Tim Hudson? Gosh, you know what? It was incredible. Uh, honestly, it was, um, <clears throat> you know, that was the first time I had been back to the Coliseum since I had been traded. You know, I had never came, I'd never had a chance to get back there and play. So that was the first time I stepped on the field. Uh, you know, since '04, so it was, you know, that, that was really that was surreal to me. Um, it's funny, it was, I was gone so long that, you know, the kids around the stadium they didn't have a clue who I was, but all the parents were like, "Hey, you know, I remember I come watch you when I was in junior high," and I was like, "Okay, I get it, I'm old, you know, whatever," <laughs> you know. But uh, but you know what? It was funny. I knew that we had, uh, you know, we had 
Oakland. We, we was traveling to Oakland pretty soon. And I had pitched against Arizona where um, I had a good game. I hit a home run. And I remember looking at uh, after the game, I went up to Bochy and I was like, Bochy, so I think, you know, I was at the end of my rope. I mean, I was out of gas and just, I could just feel it. I, I felt like it was time for me to just bow down. And uh, I told Bochy, I was like, Bochy, so I think that's going to be it, man. I said, I think I'm, yeah, I think I want to, you know, this be my last start. And he was like, ah, dang, honey. He goes, he goes, man, he goes, we're going to Oakland. Your next start's in Oakland. And I think they're going to call up Barry Zito to pitch against you and this and that. And I was like, what? <laughs> you know? And I was like, no way. I was like, hi, hey, dog it. You know, I said, okay, all right, that'll be, that'll be awesome. That'll be a lot of fun. And, uh, man, we look like two old washed up prize fighters out there fighting. <laughs> I think it was like seven to six in about the third inning or something like that. It was kind of, it nobody, wasn't our best show. Nobody cared. Yeah, but you know what? It was a, it was one of those things where, where it was just, you know, it was exciting to be back out there, um, you know, on that mound one, one last time in Oakland, and and, and uh, you know the fans were awesome. You know, they were they were cheering both of us on, and it was it was exciting. It, it was exciting to be back out there, and um, you know, it, but but we you know we obviously we both knew that we were at the end of our rope, but it was you know we kind of laughed about it. At, at, you know, afterwards too, I was like, God, Lee, boy, we've boy, boy had oh father time will catch up to you, and he ain't, he ain't gonna ever lose. <laughs> and it, it was fun, though. it really was. And then to have Mulder there, and I think we threw out the first pitch either a day, a day or two later, and uh, yeah, that was pretty exciting for us and our families. And that's gonna be it. Wow. Tim Hudson will leave the game with one out in the bottom of the second inning in a 4-3 game. And you know that Bochi doesn't want to do it, but that he feels compelled to do it. It was almost like he was waiting. He was getting a mandatory eight count, trying to get to the bell to get to the end of the round, and it never came. Let's hear the ovation for Tim Hudson. He gets a rousing standing ovation from the fans of the A's, and the Giants tips his hat far from the way he wanted this to go. Fans still on their feet. Camera people in position. Let's see if he comes out. And if you're Tim with all of his pride and competitiveness and such an incredible heart, in so many big games, I'm not sure he would feel right about taking a curtain call at this point after what just happened in this bottom of the second. But the fans, I don't think they're going to stop cheering. It only comes out to this top step of the dugout. Well, this is their chance to say thank you. Not only has Hudson meant so much on the field, he meant so much in the community with his wife, with all their charitable work. They want that one last chance. Buddy, I can't thank you enough for the memories and, and, and spending some time with us and getting a chance to relive some of the great times. You're so important to the Oakland franchise for a number of reasons, a stand-up guy and certainly a tremendous competitor. And uh, when fans think of Tim Hudson in Oakland, that's always a smile on their face because you were you were a guy that uh, gave your all out there. You mentioned, you know, 160 pounds soaking wet, but you, you attacked with that sinker and that split, and, and it was just – 
it's fun to watch you work. Thanks for doing this. Uh, all the best to you, to Kim, and the kids there in Auburn, and also with the Tigers. And uh, thanks again for joining us on Where Are They Now? Hey, it's a pleasure, man. Thank you all for having me. This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics.